This is Joe Irwin. And this is Wayne Jefferson. From Jefferson Irwin Racing. And you're listening to Real Racing USA. East Bay, April the 26th, April the 19th. We'll be at Southern Alabama Speedway for that one. All right, Rick. Look, man, I hate to interrupt your your news story, your your, uh, Paul Harvey news stuff over there. but uh, And that's... The story. You know, we were we started off the show. We uh, were up in uh, New Jersey talking open wheel racing, open real open wheel racing, and uh, bounced out to Muncie, Indiana. We're going back down to Valdosta, Georgia, or somewhere thereabouts. Dennis Nixon from uh, South Georgia Motorsports Park. Man, how you doing? Hey, we're doing great. How about y'all? We're here. <laughs> we're having fun. We're having fun, aren't we? We're having fun. Well, so, that's good. Yeah. So what's uh, what's the latest and greatest from uh, South uh, Georgia Motorsports Park, man? We're just working on on different shows, and we're doing a lot of shows that uh, the same night you get to do drag racing and the circle track. You know, trying to give some people a bang for their buck because with four dollar gallon fuel and stuff like that, it's hard to, to it's go tough. to many places. Yeah. Now, is that your own? Local uh, racing series there that you were talking about? Yeah, yeah, that's our own local series. Um, it, it's so hard for these these traveling series, and you, you know, right now, especially with all these different motor rules and this, that, and another, and, and trying to put some of these things together, and fuel being four dollars a gallon, and he had to do it, Rick. He what? had to do it. What's that? <laughs> he had to do it. You heard, you heard what he said. What? Oh. All these motor rules. You heard oh, yeah, all these he motor could, rules. He, yeah. couldn't, he couldn't let it yeah. go. It, I, I tell you, it is, uh, it's a promoter's nightmare. You know, it's, they've got the body thing and all that stuff in check, you know, with the ABC body. Sure. The motor thing, you know, and, and, and I'm not, the most aggravating thing is, you know, this pro late model deal is supposed to be a crate motor that, that you go to GM and you buy for, you know, fifty one, fifty five hundred dollars. But what happens is, you know, racers are racers. Well, they take them to somebody and they buy a bolt kit. And the next thing you know, now they got twelve thousand dollars in the motor. They're supposed to have five thousand dollars in it, and 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 it it starts there. And then you get in the super late mall stuff. It it's right back up in the same thing again. You know, it's claim rule, claim rule. I'm yeah. t- it's it's uh, it, it, it is a rule. Now, how is it? Explain in a little bit of detail here. How is it a promoter's nightmare? So that that the fans, that, I mean, there's a lot of people paying attention to this, like who don't really understand, you know, necessarily the mechanical aspects of it. But how is it a promoter's nightmare? You know, we're there to put on a show, and and of course you want as many cars and and you want to be competitive and everything like that. Well, when you're having to figure out. What car has to weigh this because it's got this kind of motor or, or it does this and it does that. And you end up trying to massage everything so that you have a good field of cars. and it, Without running off other people. Exactly. And, and, you know, you don't want your, you know, my big thing is, is I want to support my guys that support me every week. So when these shows come in, I want them to be able to run with them. But you got nine to one motors, you got flat top motors, you got steelhead motors, you got spec motors, you got field motors, and you're like, you know, and. And them I damn had, Florida motors. And <laughs> <laughs> them damn Florida progressive motors. Well, it, this whole, it, and it's not just there. I mean, it, it had me so aggravated. I said, well, I can cure this. I'll just, we, we've got the capabilities of manufacturing 
plates. And I said, I'll make a plate for a 383-inch motor, and I'll make one for a 377. I'll make one for a 362. And when you come to this track, I don't care what you got, but this is what plate you're putting on it, and we're done. You know, and and but and but that's not the answer. You know, it, it it's not going to be an easy fix. And the way I look at it is, until they turn around and say, okay, here's here's the crankshafts, here's the manufacturers, this is what they have to weigh. These are the steel rods, no exotic stuff. I don't care what length. Here's a flat top piston. Here's your head. You know, be a Dart, uh, World Products a GM or whatever, these are the heads you're allowed. Here's aluminum intake. This is the carburetor you can run. And let them put whatever camshaft they want to put in it. And then you can do away with trying to put chips on them and do this and do that because then everybody knows. And then let these these motor builders build them and feel them and then make them accountable for them. My question is, on, on what you were saying there, who has control right now? The engine builders or the promoters, and who should have control? Um, right now, it, I would tend to say it's more on the motor builder side as far as the control of it. But as as promoters and everything, you know, you're trying to mix and match all these different motor programs together so that you can have a field of cars. I mean, if you turn around and look at some of the places that, that things happen, um, you got... 14 cars, you got 20 cars, you know, that kind of thing. Well, those 20-car fields don't pay purses. No. You know, and, and, and 20-car fields, people don't come to the racetrack to see 20 cars. Now, I did notice that, and I don't know, you know, I, I, I must admit, I'm not totally up on the past series, um, but I did notice, like, their big event earlier this year, they had a, a really good car count, and I also noticed the uh, ASA Southeast uh, Asphalt Tour has had two races now. They had pretty good car counts, 36, 38 cars. Yeah, and and that and that's what it takes to make the things work. And and for us, you know, yeah, if you can have 25 to 30 cars show up, it makes a good race. The fans get get their money's worth, and and it's straight across the board. But when you turn around and have these shows that have 12 cars and 16 cars, and you know, the, the one you can't afford to pay a purse worth a hoot and those guys can't afford to come up the road because they they got to pay four dollars for fuel and uh it, it it's just like a double-edged sword but the motor thing until they make these motor builders accountable for what they're doing and put them on a pretty even playing field it, it's going to be this way you know you're going to have all this stuff going on with with different weights and different this and you know it's and, and the thing about it is, and, and I don't agree with some of the stuff, because you can make a dyno read anything you want. You know, you can change. We've heard that. You know, you can put a little bit more air or a little cooler air to it, and it makes the, you know, you can change the load on the thing. And, and you know, they, they've had these conversations where these motors have gone to these motor builders and had them, you know, gone through the dyno and this is this. And personally, if if, if that I, didn't settle anything. It doesn't. I mean, if they want, I mean, I I went to New Smyrna two weeks ago to see how a couple of the different motors worked, and that's where you where you see what's going on is actually on the track. But you know, if 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 you turn around and like the deal at New Smyrna, all of a sudden the guy starts out on the outside pole, gets gone, everybody else is having to work their way through. 
most of them, most of the laps were within a couple of tenths. You know, I caught them in the 90s and the O's in the first and second place, but, but it ran 50 laps green flag, and you had a straightaway lead on it. If it ever had a caution, it would have been a different deal, but it's it just it's a promoter's nightmare right now as far as this motor thing goes. Well, especially at, like, your tracks, I think it affects, I would think, um, that it affects your track and, and the big half-mile half mile and, and, and bigger tracks a lot more. Like, what we've seen is, is like, at the uh, the bull rings, you know, smaller 3.8s and, and smaller. Uh, they're running pretty much. A lot of people are just running. It doesn't matter what you bring. And those are pretty competitive across the board because the big, it doesn't matter so much about motors. You know, you got to be able to turn. Yeah, exactly. And and, uh, and our track, we're we're more handle in place. Our track's actually a D shape. The back's right. way straight, and then then you go into three and four, and it arcs out of the flag stand, comes back in one and two. So, in our place, a motor isn't as big an issue as like a New Smyrna. Right. You know, New Smyrna. If you if you got a kicker, you're going to go. Now that it's paved, look out. Yeah, you know and. And and then you take Lakeland because along straightaways it, it's kind of a motor place, but if you tote the mail down the straightaway, you got to get on the brakes to get it through the corners. So. Yeah, more and more people are telling us we've had several drivers. Choquette was one, I believe. Right. Yeah, that it, track is wore out. It's that it's wore out, and and uh, as a matter of fact, uh, in the winter time, they always point to the one example there of Eddie Hoffman, who ran his crate motor uh, in the Super Race because that's all he had because he blew up the other one or whatever. And he did pretty darn good. Yeah, I, I would. I think he ended up third or something. Yeah, right. Yeah, he was in the no, top and, three. And and that's, but but then see, that crate motor there. How much of a real crate motor was? It? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I have had, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of drivers, you know, at all up and down the the scale. You know, the guys with money, the guys without money. You know, guys in between. The stories I hear. I mean, it's. The stuff, and I don't know, you know, you never know, not necessarily that people are, are lying to you, but, you know, people's perceptions of things are all different. And, man, the stuff I hear, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I'm told, and I've been told this by more than one guy and about more than one engine builder, that you can pretty much buy what you want. Oh, you can. I mean, you can call any of the any of them. And and if they're if they're messing with crate motors, they'll go, oh well, this crate motor here is this. Yeah, you buy it. Yeah, yeah. How much you want it cheated up? <laughs> but, but now, if you want a good crate motor, it's this. Right. You know, and and I I talked to the the GM people and stuff, and and their their crate motor program isn't even the best that it, that they've got there because they've got fifteen twenty horsepower variants. But then you get back to the same thing. No two motors you could build at a motor exactly the same, put them both on the dyno, and one's going to make a little more power than the other. You can turn around the same race cars, same drivers. You know, no two people drive the same, no two motors work the same, but until they take this motor program and put it on like parts and then seal them and have those guys accountable for them, you're going to run into this all the way across the country. I mean, that's... NHRA does such a good job with their structure. I mean, a lot of people don't like it, but this is the rules, period. They don't care how you get there. This is what the rules are. I mean, and, and that's what actually needs to happen in, in, in our short track programs. They need to 
get everybody on the same page because, you know, if you get all these guys build motors and, and get all these cars, then when these events come up, then you have more cars. Well, and, and look at you. Now, you guys are up there in this very southern part of Georgia. You have a lot more dirt tracks in Georgia than you have asphalt tracks. And, uh, oh, yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. Now, what we've seen, and I know you've seen this too, is drivers throwing up their hands and saying, why should I go spend all this money on all this when for a little bit of money I can go dirt racing and have fun, which is, after all, what it's all about. Yeah. And we see that big time. We see that. Look, Mike Bresnahan, you know Mike. Oh, yeah. And he just went out, and he's the happiest man on earth right now. <laughs> Said it was the best race he ever had, yeah. the most fun he'd ever had in a race. Yep. Yeah, and, and I think... I think uh uh, Wayne Anderson just bought a dirt car. Yes, he, he did. did. He, as a matter of fact, he went and tested. He ran. That's where all this motor stuff started. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were yeah. talking to him about his new dirt car. That's how, that's how we got all on this yeah. thing. He, we were talking about his dirt. We called him up. We were having a conversation about his dirt car, and he got off on this uh, motor deal. But, yeah, he ran 40 laps at uh, at Ocala recently, and uh, he's you know he's still tied into asphalt. But, you know, it's costing the asphalt. We were just talking about it. It's costing the asphalt um, uh, tracks drivers now. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and and I mean, I grew up on the dirt. I mean, James Powell and I, you know, did the dirt stuff. Sure. And and the thing about it is, you can be under power on the dirt and actually be faster. You know, if you can't get a hold of it, then you ain't going anywhere. And you can go there, and it don't cost as much to run a dirt car and everything, just because a lot of the of the engineering effects haven't trickled down to the point to where a guy running a regular Saturday night can't be somewhat competitive. And on the asphalt, you know, between shocks and motors and, and chassis and this and that, you know, you've got to be on an A game when you go to an asphalt. Track. Well, we were talking earlier, I mean, a lot of guys spend more money for practice for the weekend than they do for the actual race itself. When uh, a dirt race, you know, like this past weekend, we did the United Dirt Late Mile Challenge Series at East Bay, and uh, they each got five laps to go out there and practice, and they weren't really practicing. They were they were working the track in. Yeah. And it's been pointed out to us, Dennis, and, and it just makes no-brainer sense that when you have it like that, it actually evens out the field. Like the teams in asphalt that can go a few days early and get all that extra. Rent the track. Rent, rent the track, and they have all-day practice on bunches of practice on Friday and so forth. The guys with more money have an advantage because they can spend all that extra time, tires, and so forth. And, uh, you know, it kind of evens the playing field, don't you think? Well, and, and it does. And, and you know, that's like the deal with the asphalt. You know, it's, it goes back to the same thing. Money buys speed. It doesn't no matter what, what you're in or if you're racing uh, shopping carts at, at the grocery store. Whoever's got the most money is going to buy the best parts. But And, and when like the deal with these pro lake models and stuff like that they they put them on this this crate motor sealed motor deal from gm but then they turn around and let them spend six thousand dollars on shocks and i'm yeah. like i'm like now wait a minute now y'all want to do this thing because you're trying to keep the expense down and and you take your fifty one hundred dollar fifty five hundred dollar motor and go have it massaged so now you got twelve thousand and then you turn around and buy six thousand dollars in shocks now what part of this program is not where it's supposed to be and, exactly. And like, so, so Dennis, are you going to? Uh, 
I guess, are, are you going to get all the promoters together, sit them all down at a table, and let the promoters, we're going to get the promoters to, to have, a, have a, a promoter summit and fix this? I, you know, if, if we could get some kind of short track sanctioning body or something and get everybody kind of going in the right direction, it's not going to happen overnight, but, but get everybody going in the right directions, we'll get race cars. Yeah. You know, and especially when times are like this, when people can't afford to be doing a lot of traveling, you know, they're going to stay around their home track anyhow. Sure. This is the time to start working on it because these guys aren't leaving anyhow. So if you turn around and get this thing until we get whatever wino or whatever is going to be in the White House, so we get that person in that place, <laughs> you know, if right now would be the time to work on this because if we could get this motor program, we got the body and stuff like that program going. If we can get the motor program going the next year and stuff when people start loosening up with the money, these guys can go run other places because everything's alike, you know. But we'll we'll see what happens. I'm one person. I ain't gonna make all the change. And you know, I've, I'm 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 kind of like a uh, outcast in a sense because I I can try some stuff just to see, but until they do something with the motor stuff, it's it's yeah just a a downhill battle in a sense. Yeah. So, what are some of the bigger events now you have coming up at the South Georgia Motorsports Park this year? Well, we we've got we're going to have like um, six of those uh, pro late mall races. Um, we're going to work on a, a super race a little later on. Um, working on a deal that's in between. I want to do something like the All American 400 in November, then skip a week, then come to us, and then skip a week and go to Five Flags um, for the Snowball Derby. Then at the beginning of next year, I want to work on uh, some things. We tried like a little Speed Week deal. So, you know, and then we got ADRL and some of the big drag events taking place. So we got some things that we're working on, and, and we're just going to keep plugging. All right. Good deal, man. Do you have something else, Rick? No, I'm good. All right, Dennis. <laughs> Dennis Nixon so, from Southeast. So I hope, I hope I, the can of worms about the motor deal. Well, you just, uh, you know. It's a continuing can of worms. <laughs> I, I tell you, it's like I don't have har- hardly a day goes by, literally, um, that I don't end up in a conversation with somebody around the country about it. Just, I mean, it, and it just comes up. It, it's, it's, yeah. it's not something we're looking for. Well, you know, the, uh, one thing that, that's the same in every conversation we have is everybody always says they gotta do something. Yes. Well, we gotta figure out who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's like I was, I'm, I'm working on some things that when we do our first super race, I'm going to have some things in line. I'm going to see how it works. You know, I don't mind being out there. It, and if, you know, if it takes me making the first step and doing it, then, then so be it. We'll make the first step, you know. You're only going to have one guy happy with you in the night anyhow, and that's the guy that wins. So, so the night we have, uh, uh, the debate between, uh, Wayne Anderson and, uh, Don Narone, uh, will you be listening? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll listen. <laughs> That'll be a good one. <laughs> well, it, from what I understand, it might be coming. <laughs> oh, well, that, uh, just let me know when it comes, because I am going to be listening. <laughs> All right, Dennis. Good Thanks. talking with you, man. Thanks for being on the show, Dennis. Hey, it was great talking with you all, and uh, come see us at the races. All right, man. Will do. See you. All right.